Hi, welcome to She Will Not Be Silenced with Keisha Shields, the podcast for women leaders on a mission to change the world and build empires that have legacy, success, influence, and intergenerational wealth. We'll talk about how stigmas, stereotypes, grief, and other people's opinions can keep women's voices silenced and the impact these have on successful women and their emotions, their relationships, and their money. If you have felt silenced and need guidance, awakening, and amplifying your voice, visit KeishaShields.com to check out my best-selling Find Your Voice course. Please take a quick second to hit the subscribe button, and let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to She Will Not Be Silenced, the podcast. And I am here with my friend, Miss Shonda Carter. Shonda, tell everyone hello. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Shonda and I met some years ago now in a business mastermind for women of faith. How long ago was that? That must be like, what, seven or eight years now? Yeah, it's about seven, approximately oh seven and God. a half. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Sean and I have known each other for quite a while, you know, and like a lot of things, you know, everybody's lives kind of continue to move forward in their own ways. And so I'm really happy to be able to bring her on and catch up and, you know, let you all know about Shonda. Mm-hmm. So Shonda Carter, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's such an honor. Thank you so much. So I like to have my people start off by telling us a little bit about who is Shonda Carter? That is such a loaded question because I could like introduce myself for the entire time you have, but I narrow it down to Shonda Carter is now a walking permission slip. I could not say that seven years ago Mm. and a walking permission slip for women of faith who want to pursue their dreams when it doesn't look like the definition that we are given as faith. So I like to help insanely gifted Christians pursue their faith, pursue their dreams, pursue their purpose, pursue their passion. And at the base core, I'm a storyteller. And then, of course, you know, you got to throw in the mom. And now I'm a grandma. I was not a grandma when we met. Now I'm a grandma, you know, wife, mother, grandma, all that other good stuff. But, you know, basically, I like to just say I'm a walking permission slip. That just sums it all up. When you say you work with insanely gifted Christians, tell me a little bit about what that means to you. Mm-hmm. What that means to me, and it's like to not throw people off because some people look at me and they see a bunch of stuff that I'm doing and I do do a lot and it just comes natural. But the people that have reached out to me have been the people that, you know, I know I have all these gifts, but they're not allowed to use them. That's why it was, it was so important that just the title of your podcast alone just lets you know that this is a safe space to, you know, talk about the things that have tried to silence you. And like I said, sometimes when your gifts don't look like other people's gifts, you don't know how to use them. You don't know where you fit. You're quiet and you push them down and you think that you're wrong and you think because it's different. And that's why I said, you know, thank you for making such a space for women you know, and I create that space with what I do. People look at me and go, oh my gosh, you've inspired me to do this. Oh my gosh, you've inspired me to do that. And I'm not put into a box where it's like, 
okay, let's try this. Okay, I'm going to try that, you know, because people were putting me in like, oh, you do videos. And it was like, no, I do more than videos. Mm -hmm. And people do that, you know, they don't mean to put you in a box, but they're just more comfortable with you in a box. Mm -hmm. So it's their comfort level that's being challenged. So I say I help insanely gifted. And that does not mean just, you know, wild, crazy people or creative people. <laughs> it's whatever you are gifted at. And you're just like, kind of like going insane because you can't use it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and um, one of the things I remember from those years ago is how I think if I had to think of a person whose gifting made a lot of people uncomfortable because they simply did not know what to do with you and your gift. Mm -hmm. They wanted to put you in a little pretty box that looked like what they thought was the closest thing to what you might possibly be doing, right? Mm -hmm. And just to see you actually living in the gifting and seeing you um, have, you know, in co-creation with God, constructed mm -hmm. it in a way that actually brings to life that vision that you had all those years ago when most comfort level would not allow them to see it. Mm -hmm. Like if I think about a person, you are that person that would come to mind for that, right? Because it was so different, right? Your gift is very unique and you have been determined and committed mm -hmm. throughout the years. And even though sometimes, you know, you've questioned like, you know, not necessarily the gifting, but how to utilize it, whether you will be able to like utilize it in the way that you always felt so called to do, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so how did you deal with feeling silenced or feeling like you were put into a box because people simply didn't know what to do with you and the gifting that you had? Yeah. You know, it's easy to look at me now and it's like, I constantly have to remember because I can be one of those people like, oh, just do it. And it was like, back then I couldn't just do it. It was, you know, the people that I was looking to, to give me permission. That's why I say, you know, a permission slip. Like you said, they wanted to put me in the little pretty box and, you know, do this one thing. And back then it was a lot of frustration. It wasn't just with other people. It was with God. Because it's like, why would you do this? Like, you know, my life is kind of in shambles, like because of the frustration and the constantly doubting myself. And I didn't ask for this, you know, kind of. So it's like, I'm just getting real and raw with this. It was very frustrating. There, a lot of tears, a lot of money. I mean, let's just keep it real. A lot of money for coaching. Uh, a lot of a lot rejection. Of a lot of rejection. Like mm -hmm. I faced a lot of rejection mm -hmm. and I just like, I kind of go overboard making it crystal clear that it was not easy because people look at me today and go, Oh, you're so fabulous. You're doing all of this not to be bragging, but you are. it's been a journey and I still face the rejection and the frustration at times, but like now I just don't care. So it's like, I just take one step at a time. And if that's the best advice or summation that I can give. It's just keep going. Mm -hmm. Just keep going. Even when you've been knocked down, when you've been silenced, when you've been told to shut up, just keep going. Like, you know, like I love the Friday. You said, I'll shut up, but I'll be talking again. It's like, that's what had to be my motto. Like mm -hmm. I'm gonna shut up for now, but I'm gonna talk again, you know? So if it's a baby step, it's still a forward direction and just 
have those conversations with God. Like, I, I mean, people say, you say some things to God. And I'm like, he already knows I'm thinking it. Mm-hmm. He can handle it. You know, he didn't just say, give him all your sad stuff, you know, give him your mad stuff too. And I was very mad <laughs> for a lot of years, very frustrated. And I like, I didn't even like that person that I'd became because I was so quieted and so frustrated and so angry. Like it just, you know, that's not who God created you to be. So, you know, live your expression of what God is. Go boldly and, and trust God that if you go too bold, he'll snatch you back. That's all mm-hmm. I mean. So it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original edge snatcher. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, that's popular now, but let me tell you, uh, you <laughs> having your edges snatched back, God will do that to you. Mm-hmm. Trust mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before I go forward, let's give our listeners a little bit of context because I think it'll help. Can mm-hmm. you tell us about your work and about what you do? Because I think it'll help frame why we say it was so different that it made people uncomfortable in trying to fit you into like a little box rather than actually tap into and help you to fully express it. Mm-hmm. Well, I sum it up as edifying entertainment. That's what I started out wanting to do. I take a lot of, I'm going to say, quote unquote, secular things and make them spiritual. And a lot of people were very uncomfortable with using, you know, rap songs, 80s songs, pop songs. So that was like the first obstacle that I went into. And, you know, having to constantly face the backlash for that, that was something in the beginning that I had to do. And also parodies of popular movies. Mm-hmm. I make them spiritual. I started out doing that. Then it was, you know, God laid something else on me. It's like, you know, helping women to fulfill their purpose. I'm like, God, that is just way too big. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so starting to go into those eras and uh, I became an author. And I'm actually, we're, we're going to be talking about being silenced. I was kind of, sort of, passive aggressively thrown out of my church because of the book I wrote about being a Christian artist. What? So th- yeah, that was something. And then now I just got my master's degree in Christian spirituality and formation. I had to unlearn a lot of what I learned about what it means to be in a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I faced a little backlash with that because after getting a master's degree, I'm not Christian enough after getting a formal education. And now I'm into spiritual direction, which no one's heard of in my area. And I'm like, God, why do you keep making me (laughs) be the breakthrough (laughs) for all of this stuff? Like I have to keep educating people Mm -hmm. and then letting them know that it's okay because spiritual direction is not something that is taught on a regular basis in the Bible belt where I live. I live in the Bible belt in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there are uh, two things that you mentioned that I would like to come back to because mm-hmm. I have to hear it. And I feel so strong there's going to be something that's going to resonate with someone who's listening. Mm-hmm. So first of all, tell me a little bit about what is your degree in spiritual direction? Like what exactly is that for those of us who are unfamiliar with mm-hmm. what that might look like? Mm-hmm. Well, the degree in Christian spirituality and formation, it helps people to have a relationship with God. 
Right now, currently, I'm in seminary to be certified as a spiritual director. I have one year left. But spiritual direction is, to sum it up, it helps people see God where they normally do not see him. Like God is there in the good times and the bad times. I like so many people get on and say, oh, I'm so blessed. God gave me this. A spiritual director helps you see God despite your circumstances. When you think it's horrible, God has left you, you know, you're being under constant attack. God is right there. Mm-hmm. That is what a spiritual director helps you to see. I kind of say that, you know, I'm a hearing aid and a spiritual director is a trained listener. Like a counselor will tell you what to do. I listen and, you know, listen for what God is saying. And then I'll ask you questions so you can discover what God is saying. I don't tell you what God is saying. I don't tell you what you should be doing. I don't, you know, label you spit off a bunch of scriptures, scriptures come in. And we also help guide you through spiritual disciplines, which are, there are a lot that I did not know about, (laughs) which could be, you know, retreat, solitude and silence, you know, meditation, all kinds of things like that. There's so many um, spiritual disciplines that you can do and spiritual exercises that can help you get back on track when you feel like you can't hear God anymore. Mm Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's actually powerful, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, as you're listening, I think about a lot of people that I know, um, you know, who have been in places where they have questioned so much of their spirituality, Mm -hmm. you know, because of the uh, misalignment with the way that the religion is Mm -hmm. now portrayed and Mm -hmm. displayed in a lot of ways, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that's really powerful. So what do you mean you passively aggressively got thrown out of your <laughs> Yes. You're not just going to roll on past that. No, of course not. I, I, thank you. What no, yeah. Happened? Well, okay. I actually had to write a paper on this because like I said, we had to do, um, you know, talk about our experiences. And I wrote a book. It's called God is for Real, R-E-E-L. It's using the arts to speak to the heart. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to keep it protecting the innocent so you don't have to bleep out names or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So basically, I was called by my pastor. And it's so funny because I did not want to tell my pastor I wrote this book. I'm telling you, I did not. I was like, I already knew what was going to happen from based off of what was coming over the pulpit. And I'm going to speed it up. God was like, nope, I need you to show him the book. Ask him if you can sell in the bookstore. I'm like, no, God, no, no, God, no. Like, God, you don't understand how funny is that? So I send him a copy of the book. Um, I'm not going to uh, say what he was feeling, but I got this phone call. And as soon as the phone rang, I knew what was going to happen. I get on the phone and he says, Shonda, I was like, yes. He's like, how are you? I was like, I'm fine. How are you? He's like, well, I was fine until I read this book. (gasps) Well, first of all, you didn't read the whole book because, you know, I just gave it to you yesterday. There's no way you read the whole book. So I already knew he read like a certain portion of it. Mm -hmm. Didn't get into that. It was a two hour conversation. Wow. Basically. What came out of that two-hour conversation after me nodding like a good Christian was basically, well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. And what stuck out, and this is perfect for your podcast, he says, it might be a good message, but you don't have the right to share that message because you're not a pastor. Oh, no. And that's what stuck out. And then he said, I hate to tell you this after you've done all this work. And I'm like, well, why do you think I'm going to not publish the book? Because you said so. So the mama lion started roaring up. Like, how dare you? You know, the fact that you even think that I'm going to unpublish a book because of, you know, this is what God has told me to do. Mm -hmm. And you have taught to do what God has told you to do. And then when people step out to do what God has told them to do, 
you're really going to come in like that? So the passive aggressive happened. I still went to church. Everyone's like, wow, you really went. But I was no longer allowed to teach Bible study. I was taken off the schedule to sing. Oh my gosh. Um, and then, oh, I had, um, I'd stepped down from leadership as far as the drama team had went. But, you know, the tradition is when you step down from the drama team, you know, you get another leader and you pray over the leader and, you know, you relinquish. Um, I went to church one Sunday and it was just announced like, oh, we have a new drama team leader. And then everyone looked at me like, what is going on? So I'm like, I guess I'm out of leadership completely. So, and then you know how you do the walk around, like people that normally look at you and hug you and, oh, how are you? Mm -hmm. I got the, don't look at her, don't look at her, no eye contact after that. It was like, oh my gosh. And the, the funny thing is you, you've seen it happen to other people. So you know exactly what's going on. Like, oh, I've seen this before. So yeah, my husband was the big alpha male that he is. He's like, I'm not going to take much more of this. So I was like, you know, for peace, let's just go ahead and leave. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those of you who are listening to this, um, I encourage you to hop over to the YouTube video, but <laughs> let me say this. For those of you who are listening, you didn't hear much from me because my mouth was just wide open. <laughs> you know, this is exactly the type of experience mm -hmm. that this podcast is predicated on is the number of times when you are stepping into your power, mm -hmm. into your voice, into your gifts, only to be told that you don't have the right, mm -hmm. or who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Or more likely, who does she think she is? Because often it's not told to you. Like usually that's something that people would hear has been said about them. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you were actually approached how do you feel now reflecting back on that experience of being literally quite literally the attempting to silence you mm -hmm. and telling you that you don't have the right to do what God has specifically called directed appointed you to do how do you feel about that now now it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me, honestly. Wow. Yes. Back then it hurt because I was very disappointed in the fact that, you know, I've been going there for 15 years. Of course, you don't want to break connection with, you know, your friends mm -hmm. and your, they call themselves your family mm -hmm. over something like that. The fear of being misunderstood is yeah. what also keeps people silenced. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I don't want them to misunderstand. And so, yes, I felt very hurt and misunderstood. The two biggest fears that I had, I got it smack dab right in the face. There is no denying it. You were misunderstood. Mm -hmm. The book was misunderstood because I was accused of a lot of things that I was not saying. And if you would have read the entire book, you would have saw that that was not what I was saying. No one is saying that artists are more important than preachers. Just that, you know, let's make room for artists yeah. in all, of all fields. So I was not saying that. I was misunderstood and hurt that, you know, you could work with me for 15 years and then just assume the worst in me. So it, it hurt at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, best thing that ever happened, I understand why God had me do it. It gave me a freedom and it gave me a responsibility for others like me that have felt that way and were silenced for so long. Mm -hmm. And so it made me go, 
I'm grabbing your hand and I'm taking you. Let's go. Let's go get it. Let's go to your purpose. Let's go to your passion. Let's hit your destiny. So one of the best things that they say about coaching is, you know, be the coach that you needed 10 years ago. I needed a spiritual director to get me through that time. I had a lot of people that were praying for me. You know, not everyone turned their back on me. So I don't want it to be like, you know, I'm saying that. But a spiritual director would have been so instrumental Mm -hmm. during those seven years of being mad at God. Uh, A coach, somebody to say, girl, do it. You're doing the right thing. Yes, God called you to do that. All of that would have been so essential. So I got to experience everything that I do now to help someone else who's not at the time, not as brave. Because like I said, there are a few times, you know, on the journey, you quit, you know, thank God that he tells you to get back up. But you know, my journey was very prolonged because Mm -hmm. of not having who I needed. I'm going to just say that. Yes. You know, and that is one of the um, things that I love about, like, as we kind of mature, like along the journey, um, and we see exactly like, what it was we needed and to be able to be that because you know like even if people like well nobody needs that like I was having a conversation the other day um I was being interviewed uh for this feature that this local um community is doing about me and we got on the topic about um his words were so basically you had the fear of being judged, right? Mm. And I said, well, yeah, that was exactly it. And I said, and actually my very first brand, actual brand was I owned fearofbeingjudged.com. That my brand was like the fear of being, like that was the whole thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was working with this coach who told me, you spent all that time doing this when nobody is up at night talking about I have the fear of being judged. and at the time like you not new to my craft Mm -hmm. but new to trying to experiment and do it in unfortunately the cookie cutter way that you're often initially taught to do you know then the guy who was interviewing me looked at me and he's like what do you mean nobody's he's like you know how many times I've been up at night because I'm worried it's the fear that somebody's going to judge me about something and she was so adamant like I don't know why you're going to do that you're not going to make any money because your clients are not up saying that at the time you know I grew up a people pleaser right mm. you know you conformed you know you didn't kick up dust you know what I mean you did what you had to do you were a lady you know what I mean and all <laughs> stuff. Um, but that very next day I fired her Mm, and good. I told her, I'm not even going to ask for my money back. And I explained to her in great detail. I mean, it was a detailed email to let her know why. Mm-hmm. And she ended up like a day or two later, she apologized and was like, I was going through a lot. So when I tell you, right, it was literally, and you know, my husband told me back then, he's like, you know what? He said, a lot of people, they get afraid that you're going to supersede mm. like what they even where they are and I never understood that like mm-hmm. if I'm mentoring or coaching or consulting someone I want them to I mean just blossom mm-hmm. right you know what I mean and I realized yeah. that it was an attempt to silence to dim my light mm-hmm. to dim all of that but it made me question so much about well maybe that is the case because this 
supposedly big wig person says yada 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 you know right and like and I like eventually scrapped it I mean which I'm happy now because I understand that that was meant to be a part of my brand of who I am right even <laughs> though I I, I skew toward the coach and consultant side of things I'm not the in the cookie cutter model right right not, mm -hmm. and I've always had that struggle from the beginning even when we were in our business our Christian business master I'm like but I don't necessarily fit the traditional model, you know, you're right, you know, and, and all of that. And so when you say that, um, my question to you is, um, like, for example, to church, how do you get the courage to keep going, <laughs> even when you had quite literally been told that you don't have the right to do certain things, mm -hmm. um, a, a literal attempt to silence you? Mm -hmm. um, how did you get the courage and or was it even courage? to keep going, not only to church, but then to keep going with your craft, even after you walked away. The reason why I continued to go to church is because I knew the power of offense, you know, and I just did not want to leave offended. Like you can say what you want, but you're not going to change who I am. And I said, I was not going to leave that church till God said I could leave. So I recognize that this was like to try to get me offended and to leave prematurely. And then, you know, you get into all of that, you know, I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, no, you are not going to tell me when to go when I've already made an arrangement with God for him to tell me when to go. So I waited, you know, I waited for a while until God gave me the official, okay, you can go. And I'm telling you, it was the best thing ever because I just imagined me going, oh, I got mad. I got offended, you know, and then, you know, God does some sneaky things. Like he'll tell you to go back. And I'm like, I'm not down for that. So I'm going to wait for you. <laughs> see, now see my, my fear of being misunderstood is kicking in. No, God is not sneaky, but he does do sneaky things to me. I mean, to, in my perspective, it's sneaky things. So I was like, no, God, if he doesn't tell me to go back, we don't talk about a past, apologize and all sorts of stuff. So we just going to do this the right way. We just going to skip all of that humility and all of that and just do it the right way. Okay. So basically when Jesus said, I've been here to, um, to open the blind eyes perspective and, you know, not being able to see someone's gift, not being able to see their perspective, you know, that's a blind spot for people. Mm -hmm. So it's like the same way I would not blame a blind man for like bumping into me. It's the same way I kind of deal with people that can't see my gift now. Yes. Wow. I've had extensive training wow. and I can see that now. It's like, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, empathize with you. Pray that one day, you know, you don't run off another gym like you did. Hello. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, in the meantime, it's like, it's not my problem. It's your problem. And I cannot allow you to make it my problem. And that's what offense would have done in that situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just like thinking like, this is the very reason. Like we mm -hmm. often don't realize in how many different ways and how many different um, categories, religion, church by itself outside of religion, people, business, like so many ways in which, you know, you can be attempted to be diminished, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, made to feel small, 
uh, made to feel as though, you know, you have done something wrong when you're simply, you know, just working in your gifting. It's one of the hardest thing to do until you build up the muscles, right, to recognize it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when it's someone that you respect, yes. um, mm-hmm. that makes it even more challenging, right? It's someone yes. who you respect and you're like, you know, um, so I, I'm just like really happy that you had the ability, but God will give you that ability to mm-hmm. do that, you know, when the time comes, you know, mm-hmm. and you know how you talk about like God being sneaky, like everybody has their own relationship, you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, like I talk about all the time, like God always like pulls like jokes and stuff on me. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I know when I'm like <laughs> going a little too, you know what I mean? Like literally I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, you got jokes. Okay. You know, you got jokes, God. All right. I got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's one way that I know mm-hmm. that it's like a sign or a message or you know what I mean? Right. And mm-hmm. everybody has to have like their own relationship. And yes. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that you, Shonda, were the first person that I had really come across like being brought up in religion my whole life and you know all of the above who actually shared a similar idea that you can have fun with God like that oh yeah and when I I was like oh my god somebody else understands what I've been trying to say you know because like my grandparents hated it like it's you don't you don't laugh you don't you know I'm like but this is God doesn't talk to me that way. He pulls jokes and stuff on me, you know, like he snatches me by my edges. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. And I recognize that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so you were one of the first people that I ever recall, like having, being like, yeah, no, that's perfectly normal. Like, what do you mean? Like somebody else (laughs) has that, you know? Because you do, you get shunned about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, when it's supposed to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's one reason why so many people have a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Like they can't relate to the the cookie cutter way that people say, you know, God interacts with you or teaches you or, you know what I mean? Like it's a huge disconnect and it runs a lot of people off and they feel like they've done something wrong or they're not worthy, you know, of hearing from God, you know, all of those things. And so I, re- I remember that I was like, oh my gosh, somebody else understands what I've been trying <laughs> to say. And I just remember just like hitting it off. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. connect with so, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, I want to ask this first. Okay. What is one of your earliest memories of ever being silenced? One of my earliest Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. This is through studying now. I can, okay. I can, yeah. I can do this now. Mm-hmm. I've always felt silenced. I always felt, um, you know, I grew up in a domestic violence type of situation and, you know, uh, it was always tense. I remember it always being tense in the house and you know how kids can take it upon themselves to make it their job. It was my job to make peace in the house, to keep it, quiet to keep uh the tension down to be the best kid possible so I was like I've always uh felt that way kind of you know growing up because it was just very tense growing up in my household so I always felt like it's best to just be quiet be in the back don't cause any trouble you know there's enough trouble as it is they don't need you causing trouble so I grew grew up believing be quiet that's Mm -hmm. the best that helps everyone when you're quiet yes Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or unseen and look at me now <laughs> yeah isn't that funny 
And yeah, then that's funny. <laughs> I mean, I, seriously, you know, yeah. and it's like, I, I think a lot of the, our listeners will be able to relate because we tend to like attract people who, you mm-hmm. know, tend to have a similar type of way of being, you know, and, you know, as you say that, I think about, you know, even my own experiences of like the similar thing, you know, I'm writing a book, right. And um, I'm talking a lot about like kind of going back over the things that I was told, mm-hmm. like, or that I heard growing up and I had to like edit myself. Cause I kept like writing as I was going back and reading, like, oh, and another funny thing, another funny thing. Another funny because I'm like realizing that so many of the things that I was told, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I also felt very silenced, like the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. My family couldn't relate to me. You know what I mean? I was the perpetual good girl because quite frankly, mm-hmm. I had to be, you know, God isn't going to love me if I, you know, don't do good things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And I was the peacekeeper and peacemaker, you know, for the most part, except for with my brother, <laughs> which is a whole other story. But like growing up, I always felt very silenced, but school was where I was recognized and acknowledged and where my giftings got a chance to flourish. Like I was Mm -hmm. always recognized. I was always awarded. I always stood out at school, the crux of everything into like academia, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As a way of it being okay to not be silenced. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean, right? It being Mm -hmm. okay to be big enough. Mm-hmm. And to be smart enough. And like, you know what I mean? I remember like my parents used to always say, you talk too much, you know? And I'm writing about that in the book. And I'm like, well, it's funny because that's the very reason thing I get paid to do is not that I'm talking too much, but I had a genuine interest and concern about the people around me. Mm-hmm. You know, pardon me of asking, are you okay? And mm-hmm. listening and, and giving some counsel was talking too much, right? And it's mm-hmm. just like, I realized like people project their own insecurities and their uncomfortable uh, scenarios onto you, but it is a big problem. I felt so silenced. I felt like I people pleased a lot and it carried over into my work when I started building my business. I knew it didn't feel right, but I'm like, this is what they're saying and mm-hmm. I'm paying for it and they know and, you know, all this. Yeah. Like, I think about now, I'm like, man, because now that I'm, I'm, the work I'm doing is the exact work that I was trying to tell people what I knew I was called to do. I'm like, this is yes. exactly what I was saying. Yes. Like, I've gone back over the years and I would like read something. I'm like, this, I'm like I clearly wrote this yesterday. Like, it's so aligned. I'm like, why didn't people sit with me and help me build out what I knew to be true mm-hmm. rather than what felt comfortable for them based on the trends or the this or the that, right? You know? Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I didn't trust myself. Mm-hmm. Like I put the trust into other people outside of me who simply didn't have, you know, the vision or, you know, that I was trying to communicate to them. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, and so I, I silenced myself in my work. Like I hid behind my brand. I hid behind my work for a long time, you know, um, you know, I talk about it now, but like, remember how when we first started and I was telling everybody about my husband and all of that, which is how we connect. Remember that you were talking I do. About <laughs> I do. And it's what do we try not to have stereotypes, right? Just human nature. We do. We do. <laughs> you know, we do. 
And it's like, I break so many stereotypes mm. that people don't even realize that they may have, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it brings out the humanity, you know, of a person. Like, and it's just using it as an example. Like, we have stereotypes that we often don't realize. Mm-hmm. And that me knowing that because I lived that for so long, I and mean, look how long ago that is, and I'm still living that, right? Like, it's just been a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, being worried about being misunderstood and misjudged Mm -hmm. because of labels, Mm -hmm. because of what people perceive that type of person to be is something that caused me to self-silence for a very long time. Yes, I'm like, once, like, I knew that once people knew me, they were like, oh my God. Right. Mm -hmm. But my thing was, I don't have a chance to sit one-on-one with everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of, you know, that perception. And so I wanted to ask you about, um, if there, you have had times in your life, um, like let's say not so much childhood, but not where you are right now, let's say in the early stages of your business, Mm -hmm. um, were you impacted by stereotypes um, that you can recall? Like the perception of stereotypes that kind of kept you from maybe showing up as big school as you are? Uh, the, the one that comes to mind is there was a woman. Um, she was the head of the women's ministry. Just for some background. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know anything about, like I knew Jesus existed, but that was pretty much it. Didn't even know Easter had anything to do with Jesus. That's how unchurched we were. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get saved, saved to like maybe 35, just to, just to put it in context. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I felt like I had a lot of catching up to do. So it's like, I clung to everything and everyone trying to, you know, be this good Christian because I am in love with Jesus. So when you're in love, you want to be in love, you know, so it's like, you know, spend as much time as possible together. But there was one particular uh, woman. And I remember her saying to me, I, I was pouring out my heart and I was telling her all the things that the enemy was saying to me. And she looked at me and she said, I said, well, do you know what I'm saying? So it's pretty much similar to what you were saying, just looking for that connection. She's like, no, because the devil doesn't talk to me because I'm a good Christian. After that, I just was quiet. I never went, I never told about my problems again. I never, you know, I didn't want to express my dreams, my desires, because I was stereoty- I was stereotyping myself of this is what a good Christian does. Uh, this is what a bad Christian does. So I definitely felt in a box during that stage of I'm not a good Christian because the enemy is in my head talking to me and I've allowed him to have access. And now it's like, I look back on, it's like, that was some of my best work ever was exposing what the enemy had said to me. And I mean, I still get it today. It's like, well, we got to change the way you think he talks to you too much. And it's like, it still triggers me to this day. Like I have to stop myself from picking up something and hitting somebody over the head. Like that's how much it triggers me. Like, you have no clue of what you're saying. You have no clue of how you could be damaging people by saying things like that. And you're not perfect. So stop it. And so it's like, I already deem you to be kind of a liar. Like no one escapes this life without having negative thoughts, period. So please stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, just stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this brings up a memory I have that I'm mm-hmm. going to share. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of a turning point for me. And I've kind of been trying to turn back because I appreciated myself being more like that at the time. Mm-hmm. I had a, someone who I, I guess we, I would say a friend. We met each other some years ago throughout, you know, the juvenile justice reform and all this and that. And, you know, at the time, anybody who knew me, like pretty much my whole upbringing, 
outside of my family because they always saw me as very different than everybody else did, right? But I was like, they used to call me giggles. You know, I always laughed a lot. I was tended to see the positive in things. I also saw what could be, but I skewed more to like, well, look at what could happen, right? Mm -hmm. And so I had this friend and something happened. I didn't even know because I didn't even know what the problem. And then we, we had some distance for a while. And then when I spoke back to her and I was asking, because I'm a realist, I'm like, I don't want to waste my time. I'm just going to be clear. Like, is there an issue? Because we can resolve it and move. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, well, you're too positive. Like, it's hard to talk to you because like, Mm. you always are so positive about everything. And, you know, and it, it caught me off guard. Right. And honestly, I told her, I said, well, that's, sounds like a cop-out to me, Hmm. right? Because me having joy in my life has no implication on what you decide to do with yours, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, I do tend to err on the side of like positivity because that's just who I am. I believe that if you don't see the positive in what could be, you will spiral. You can Mm -hmm. easily spiral, right? Mm -hmm. And then I realized it impacted me a lot I wasn't as happy. I wasn't as joyous. I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe everybody feels like I'm a Pollyanna, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God. And like, literally before I knew it, I felt so different. That little seed, right? Yeah. It brought up an insecurity in me that I didn't know I had from growing up. Like, maybe I am like too much. Like maybe mm-hmm. everybody, because you know what I mean? But I'm like, trust me, I have a lot of reasons not to have a lot of joy. Let's be clear, just like most Mm -hmm. people, right? Mm -hmm. But it brought up so much in me to where I started to, I would actually stop myself from sharing something positive or this and that because I'm like, oh, I don't want to alienate people, right? Right. How Mm -hmm. one person's like little perspective, if you're not checking yourself, one person's opinion, their Mm -hmm. perspective, you know what I mean? That I just realized now that it was just her issue, you know what I mean? We spoke mm-hmm. recently and I said, well, you know, just so you know, I'm back joyous again. You know? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but it's not my problem. I'm not going to commiserate with you. I will mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. I will be there. And I'm going to say, okay, so what can we do about it? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just mm-hmm. who I am. And so when you talk about, we don't, the power of our words to like damage and words can hurt. They absolutely can. And what I love about your story is you were being positive, but you weren't telling her to change how she is. That's the the difference that people, it's like, be who you are, but don't try to force the way you relate to God, the way you deal with problems, like that they're wrong if they deal with things. You know, we celebrate, oh, I'm unique and wonderfully made. Okay, then stop trying to make me like you. You know, it's like people need to Mm -hmm. understand what that Bible is saying, what those scriptures are saying. It's like, you are you and that's who you are and that's fabulous stop trying to make everyone else like you and yep. that's that's pretty much it that's why yep. i loved about that story yeah yeah absolutely and it's a true and it's the power that we have to be mindful and we have to check ourselves on the receiving end to not allow someone to have so much power mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. over who we think we are like i'm at a point in my life now where like there's very little you can say to like I mean, when I say it's so different, I grew up always being concerned about what somebody thought. Yeah. Always, always, always. I didn't speak unless I was going to be perceived the proper way. I mean, everything was so calculated to make sure that it wasn't offensive to someone, didn't make anyone feel a certain way. Like, that's just the way it was. That's so much work. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
Oh my God. And when I tell you now, I'm like this, I feel the truth of who I am. Like, unlike you, like I grew up in the church. That's what we did, what we knew. And I always had a disconnect from religion because the people who I knew went to church to me did not exemplify or behave outside of church like they did while they were there. And so it brought up a lot of like insecurities in me and I was like, but I'm not that. And like, I didn't want to be associated with that. And you know, like all of the above. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even now, you know, like I love Jesus and I have learned to have my own relationship in a way that may not fit for other people. Right. You know, I am much, much more open-minded than a lot of Christians about a lot of things, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. Because I really have understood that it's not me. Like Mm -hmm. people will be responsible for answering for themselves and Mm -hmm. all of that, you know, but I am very open-minded. I have friends in all types of lifestyles and all of that, but it's because I'm so secure with my foundation, Mm -hmm. right? That I don't worry about someone being able to pull me into something that's misaligned, you know, mm-hmm. like well, with what I have going on, you know, um, I did a podcast with Janae, you remember Janae? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about how the self silencing, like mm-hmm. a lot of times the person who silenced you was you. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times you get in your head mm-hmm. before it actually becomes anything and you've squashed it, you've stopped it. Like, and then, you know what I mean? Years later, you're kicking yourself in the behind because you're like, why did I do that? Right? Mm-hmm. Like I had it right all along. Mm-hmm. Like somebody asked me that question on a podcast that I was guesting on. And she was like, what advice would you give to your younger self? And the first answer for the first time that came up was you had it right all along. Wow. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like my entire life, I feel like I had it right all along about who I was and what actually mattered to me, but everyone else's expectations of me, everyone else's perspective and opinions about who I should have become, mm-hmm. like those things created someone who was a shell of who I was, you know? Mm-hmm. But I feel like I had it right all along. And I feel like you're at a place in your work and in your walk where you're feeling similar to that, that like you had it right, you knew. I mean, now you're seeing how powerful it actually was. Right, you know what I mean? Like, yes, even yes. what you thought those years ago to see it like manifest and to come to pass in form, you know what I mm-hmm, mean? Like, mm-hmm. in an even more powerful way, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's a little surreal because, like, I, I guess I'm like a local celebrity. Um, and even when people say, Oh, I know you, I saw you on Facebook, and I'm like, Huh, you know, like, I don't know what you're talking, you know, it's like I have to remember, but. Like, I love seeing myself through my 18-year-old's eyes now. She's like, oh, mom, all my friends think you're great. Oh, they think you're so <laughs> successful. Oh, I'm like, huh? Like, you know, so it is very because powerful. You are. And having the conversations with her about, you know, Jesus and she trusts me and hearing how people trust me to have these type of conversations, you know, mm-hmm. hard conversations, mm-hmm. you know, difficult conversations, just, you know, saying that God jokes, you know, like, what? Like, no, he, he, he jokes with me a lot, you know? So it's like, you know, and inspiring people. I remember like one of the best things I ever heard was someone came up to me and we were having a, a walk against human trafficking. 
you know, I'm like, that's not in my brand. Like, I'm not serious like that, God. Like, you know, it's horrible. It's awful. It's tragic. But it was bringing me to a place that I had to be serious. I'm like, God, that's not my brand. So I'm like, I put myself in a box again. Like, no, I got to be funny all the time. And the whole purpose was just to show people that you can do something, no matter how little it is. We walked around in a two-mile circle. And the enemy was like, what do you think that did? And I'm telling you, you know, that didn't do nothing. Without missing a beat, a woman came up to me. She says, you know what? You inspire people to be better people. And I went, oh my gosh. Like, it's not always about what you can do. It's like you said, it's about planting the seeds. It's about giving people, you know, permission to do things. And, and I shared that story. Like, you know, the enemy is like, what y'all think this circle is going to do? We raised so much money. Mm. We, we wrote letters to, you know, to people that were rescued. People mm -hmm. were like, oh, I love that part of it. It was just a beautiful thing. Whether than me sitting at home going, what's walking around a circle going to do? Mm -hmm. Like you said, those voices that silence you. Mm -hmm. So you could be silenced in verbally and you could be silenced in your actions as well. Like what's that going to do? Yeah. And a lot of stuff that I've done, I have not seen the return on yet but it's like, it's still a step. It's still a step. So even whether you see it or not, just keep walking. Wow. You can like, when you say that you can feel it, you know what I mean? You can feel that. And it's, I think that's very encouraging for people listening because most of the people that I work with have been doing this for so long. Like whatever it is, they've, they've been doing it for so long. And they're like, oh, where is my return? Like uh, on the way. But it's like, we have to realize, one thing I realized is that I am the return. And I'm looking forward to receiving my rewards, you know, to kind of showcase that. But me being who I am and being strong and secure in who I am allows a lot of the people who are around me to feel more secure in being who they are, you know, in recognizing that. And I realized to me, that is a big return in my work. It's like, wow, because once upon a time that was not happening, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's so powerful to say, just to keep going when you know I had it right all along. And I mm -hmm. really want people to sit with that mm -hmm. because Nobody will get the vision. You know how we talk about nobody gets it. If God didn't assign it to them, they will never see the fullness of it. They will never understand it like you do. Your job is to protect it and to bring it forth and to trust the process. And like you say, we can say now, oh, just do it. But this is years in the making. Mm -hmm. Years in the making. I actually would like to, because this story keeps popping up in my head. Like every time you say you had it right all along, I, I just want to offer like a little, a, a, a funny spin on that. I was talking to God, you know, I'm divorced. I'm, I'm remarried. So, you know, I have, I have an ex-husband and I was talking to God and you know how you expect God to say this certain answer, you know? And I was like, Oh, you know, did I waste my life being married to my first husband? You know, like, how could I have picked him? You know, blah, 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 blah. And I remember like it was yesterday. It made me feel so good. God says, I think you picked pretty good for being 17 years old. And I went, what? <laughs> and I was like, that is so God, like I'm beating myself up. You know, I have, he didn't say you, well, you have three beautiful children, you know, you know, count your blessing. No, he said, I think you did pretty good for picking at 17. Like you're judging yourself off of 47 you were 17 and it's like, it's cause it's like, oh my gosh, how could I made all those mistakes? And it's like, you're 47, you were 17. Yeah. So it's like, you know, sometimes you just need to give yourself a break. You did have it right out along. 
forgive yourself for what you didn't know and keep moving on. So, cause it's like, we can get, you know, in a downward spiral, like, oh, I let so many people talk me out of it and da da da. Mm -hmm recognize that you're here now and now you can go you're like if you're going this way turn around and go this way now mm -hmm. yeah don't be up up so yeah, yeah exactly and as long as you're here to correct those things you know you have the chance to do it you know like i said i'm continuing to find my own walk mm -hmm. you know in a lot of things like publicly you know because i i always had this thing where it's like my christianity doesn't look like a lot of people's i know and I'm like, oh, well, I don't really want to publicly support that thing because it's not <laughs> <Yes>. exactly <laughs> Christian approved, but you're right. You know what I mean, right? And yes, I do. It has been something that I've learned to navigate, you know, because mm -hmm. I support people that I love and even mm -hmm. if their choices do not align with mine, you know, and it is what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> I will almost at this point always choose like, you know, to support people I love and their quests, you mm -hmm. know, and to support myself, you know, I love myself. And like my mom, like, doesn't like hearing me say that a lot. <laughs> like, oh my, cause it comes across to her as like, I think kind of arrogant and conceited, wow. but it's wow. not. It's like mm -hmm. after growing up all of my time questioning everything, it's like, I'm so secure with who I am, you know what I mean, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's something that through all the things, through all the money that's been spent and invested in time and everything, you know, it feels good to be at that place. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm attempted to be silent about a lot of things and I still have to recognize it. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. ever go away, people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't ever go away. It will always shift in form, but now I can recognize it and take a step back and to see or just somebody else's, uh, uncomfortableness that is being imposed yeah. on me you know so as Shonda said keep keep going so Miss Shonda Carter as we close out and wrap this up what piece of advice would you give to um, a woman who feels like when is this actually going to happen for me mm. that is an excellent question this is my real advice. Mm -hmm. Recognize your steps. Because even when it happens, you probably won't recognize that it's happening. And I need you to recognize every day that it's happening. I was talking to a spiritual direction client and um, she kept saying, oh, I gotta do this. I've gotta do this. I've gotta do that. So God was like, that's doo-doo. And I'm like, doo-doo, like, he's <laughs> like, we are called to be, not do. And it's like, when we just look at what we do and what we've done, mm. it's doo-doo. So I was like, I can't tell her that that's, that's doo-doo, you know? And I, and I told her like, God says it's doo-doo. And, and she busted out laughing. <laughs> and I said, he's, he's telling you to be, you know, you find your purpose and you look at the big picture. Like, you know, instead of like, I have to go for a walk. It's like, God is calling me to be healthy. So it's like anything you do to be healthy that day is a step towards it happening. So it, it happened that day. So I know that this is like, maybe you're like how you're saying Pollyanna advice, but it's already happening. I say you're going from Texas to New Jersey. Just keep walking, keep walking. New Jersey's there, no matter how slow you still can't say that you're not going to get to New Jersey if you walk every day. And that's, that's what I have to keep in mind for myself as well. That's, that's amazing. 
Shonda, where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about you? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, my entertaining part is uh, at shondacarter.com and that way you can, you know, find out where I'm going to be performing. Like we have the COVID that we're going through right now, but you know, um, I have a one woman show, W-O-N, one woman show, and you can find out where I'm at, you know, the things that I'm doing, but I also have a ministry site. It's called One Women. .org. And you can find me there to get a more serious side, but you still get, like you said, the, the doo-doo, you still get a little sense of humor in there, but it's like a little more disciplined as far as that goes. So yeah. if you want to have fun, go to shondacarter.com. If you want to get serious a little bit, go to onewoman.org. And thank you so much. Uh, I have a podcast, which I'm probably going to have you on there because it's called Temper Tantrums and Transformations, which is perfect to explain yeah. anyone's journey. <laughs> How come I didn't know you had a podcast. I just started it. Okay. Yeah. I, I just started say, it. I would listen to it, check it <laughs> out, all of that. Okay. So tell us what it is again, Shonda. It's called Temper Tantrums and Transformations and okay. it's on iTunes and all those good spots. And it's got a little, a little more teaching things. There okay. you go. So, yeah. so, you know, I got a little flavor for whatever you're in the mood for. You want to have some fun. You want to get serious. You want to mm-hmm. like, you know, do confessions and do hard work. I got something for that too. So there you got go. Got you. That's awesome. And when you go to keishashields.com slash podcast, you'll be able to uh, click on Shonda Carter and you'll be able to see all of her links um, for it. If you want to know how to spell it or if you just want to be able to click right to it, all of her links will be there. Mm-hmm. Shonda, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Oh, thank you so much. I had such fun. Thank you. To watch the video episode with today's co-host, visit KeishaShields.com slash podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to be notified of our next episode because you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of She Will Not Be Silenced with Keisha Shields. If you are an executive or highly driven leader ready to amplify your wealth, legacy and your voice on your terms and overcome the impact of feeling silence visit keishashields.com slash hire to work with me one-to-one or to find more information on how to bring me into your company or organization to help support your women leaders